Okay, we're live. Hi, everyone. We are Sunflowers and Red Feathers. I'm Christina. And I'm Stephanie. We are two moms living in the before and after of child loss. Join us in this journey as we share our stories of not only loss, but how life after loss can still be full of beauty, love, hope, and joy. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram and subscribe to our channel to stay up to date on when we post a new video. Bye. Hey there, this is Sunflowers and Red Feathers. I am Stephanie. Hi, I'm Christina. And we are here tonight to talk about something that popped up on our memories, our Facebook memories yesterday. Both of us had shared the same exact post, and we kind of wanted to talk about that. Um, it was a poem by Angela Miller, who runs A Bed for My Heart. And it was interesting because both of us had shared it. And um, we have both been in this for the last three years trying to figure out how to be parents to children on both sides of heaven. Um, in fact, in 2018, I had written a post, just a personal post on Facebook that talked about um, how I was feeling um, and how it was kind of a hard job being a mom to little boys here as well as a little boy in heaven. Um, and I'm just going to read that really quick because I thought it was really interesting. So I wrote this in April of 2018. And it was a Sunday. Um, and for just backstory, we lost Joshua on a Sunday. So Sundays tend to be a little hard. Um, and so this day I wrote, it's Sunday. Sundays are crazy days for me. I woke up from a dream about my little boy. When I was at church, I called number two, my son, Ian. I called number two, Joshua, a few times. When I was in Sunday school, I opened my scriptures and the page it opened to was the book of Joshua. He's been on my mind so much today. My life has turned into this wild balancing act between being the mom that Ian and Philip need me to be, the mom that my newborn needs me to be, and the mom, and being the mom of a child in heaven. You'd think that being the mom that Josh needs me to be would be easy. It's not like I have to get up with him in the middle of the night or make him food to eat, dress him, bathe him, you know, all that mom stuff I have to do for the other boys. But the reality is that I don't get to anymore, and I want to. While I'm doing all of these things for his brothers, I'm thinking about him. When I'm playing with my boys, I have memories of him. When I have quiet moments alone at night, I'm missing him. Being his mom is the hardest job I have. Hashtag missing my boys and hashtag Sundays are hard. <laughs> um, so that's kind of what our life has turned into. I know you were going to explain that a little bit more. Yeah. So if you guys don't know, uh, Steffi and I both are moms of school-aged and younger children. And um, let's see, our youngest, it'd be, how old is he now? Eight months? Sam is seven months. Seven months. Okay. Just turned um, yeah. That's awesome. So we're um, often torn between parenting our kids that are here and loving on them, um, but wishing that we could also parent the children that are no longer here, Mason and Joshua. So when you have children in heaven, your heart just aches in their absence. We will forever feel like a piece of us is missing. Every day is a constant battle of wills as we long for the ones that aren't with us, but we still wholeheartedly love our children here equally. We see our missed children in, our, in their siblings' faces. I do a lot with my voice, especially. 
familiar laughter echoing off the walls that were once theirs, and we are constantly bar bombarded with memories of the same joyful play that our children did, and now our children here on earth are doing. We love our children here on this side of heaven, but we really, really wish we could be in both places sometimes. So I wrote that earlier today, just trying to get all my thoughts out because it's hard to explain what it's like to have, well, both of my boys were born after my son died. And even just down to the day that my, I guess I can call him two, uh, Noah was born, my first thought when I looked at his face for the very first time was, oh my gosh, he's Mason's twin. And just the all the little things, quirky things that babies do and toddlers do as they grow up, I see my son in my children all the time, from them just running around doing silly things to the way they eat, the faces they make, the sounds they make. So many things remind me of, of Mason and it's really hard missing out on all of the things that he would be doing now. And they are, like Noah is now older than Mason ever was and so I don't, you know, I'm going to run out of those things that remind me of him because he's forever 19 months old and I don't, you know, uh, Noah's almost three now. So I'm running out of things that Noah does that remind me of Mason, but oh, still no joke today. I was doing the laundry and I was putting Caleb, who is my almost three-year-old. Um, I was putting his clothes in the washer and I was thinking Noah and Caleb are almost three. Like, I know. That's crazy we were pregnant with these beautiful babies when we lost yeah. our boys and they're turning three yeah. <laughs> that is nuts <laughs> time flies huh <laughs> anyway um i wanted to read that poem um from angela miller who does a bed for my heart um just to kind of give you an idea of what popped up in our memories yesterday and that goes along with our topic for tonight it says i will forever wish i could be in two places at once Mothering a child who is no longer here and mothering my children who are is a constant balancing act. The infinite art of embracing both. I think I am reading it wrong. No, that's right. You're doing right. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. I'm going to start over because I totally messed up that one. So I will forever wish I could be in two places at once. Mothering a child who is no longer here and mothering my children who are is a constant balancing act. The infinite art of embracing both. And I am here and I am there, I am learning how to be in two places at once. Um, yes. That's what we are. We are learning how to be in two places at once. And that's why it makes it so hard to be mamas right now. Mm -hmm. So I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about, um, I read an article earlier also, and um, it was talking about the same thing that Stephanie and I are going through and being a, a mom to the children here and missing our babies in heaven. And um, I thought it'd be kind of interesting to give a perspective on how we think as mothers, our parenting has changed after we lost our sons. Um, a quote from the article, which I'll share in our, um, on our blog, uh, says this, we have less tolerance for the mundane and superficial things in life. We learn to be honest with ourselves, opening our eyes to the beauty of being alive and the capacity to love unconditionally as we've known devastating loss. And I think that most people who come out of their grief and are able to find a little bit of light, they'll look back at that beginning stage and be like, oh my gosh, I was such, I was so sinister, so 
I don't know what's the right word. Like you just don't have any joy and you don't feel any, you don't feel bad for anybody else but yourself. Like you feel like nothing could be worse in the world than what is happening and what you're feeling right then, that you have like no sympathy for anybody else, right? And so as as your grief kind of changes and you're not quite so cynical, that's the word I was looking for, anymore, then um, you just only want to have the things in life that are meaningful. And you're not so angry necessarily all the time, but you just don't have time for them. It's so. true. I, I think we were talking about this the other night when we were um, talking about the compassionate friends. Like, mm-hmm. I, honestly, I just don't have time for petty things anymore. <laughs> I yes. have time for what's important. Um, and I don't need to deal with unnecessary drama. And I don't have time to deal with just, I don't know what, any other better word than petty stuff. So totally get that mm-hmm. one. And not that we don't care, but the reason for that is, we find time so much more precious as a brave parent because you know we know now that at any second something horrific can happen to you because once the worst thing in the world happens to you you realize that literally everything under the sun potentially could also happen to you and at any moment at any given time and (laughs) to you or to somebody you love and there's just no time to waste we have very very limited time here on earth and with our children and the people that we love and so we know exactly how we're going to spend every second of every day because it could be the last second that we have with somebody really important to us. So sorry. <laughs> it's true, though. It is true. We, have, we make time for things that are important, and we love, love, love hard the people that we are with. Yeah. And kind of going along with that, that's why people always call me a documenter and I call myself that now because I take so many pictures and I still live in the moment, obviously, and I, because all my time is precious, but I also have a really horrible memory and I want to remember everything that we do that is precious. And so I'm a picture taker. That way I can go back and look through all of our fun adventures. And I am so, so thankful that I've always been that way because now the pictures are all I have of Mason and I know that's a sore topic for you because you lost so many pictures of Joshua and my heart breaks for you in that aspect, but just take as many as you can. That's one thing that I love about you though. I love how you do document everything and it's beautiful because you'll be able to look back at those memories and your family will be able to look back at those memories and your children will be able to see you and see them. I love that you do that. That's one of my favorite things about you. No, thanks. <laughs> so there's another quote here I wanted to share. It says, loss has ignited a passion for life, a place to thrive while we're waiting for that ultimate reunion. We strive boldly to honor our loved ones while bursting with compassion and a vigorous drive to serve others. And this one makes me think of you because you do have such a passion to serve people. And um, I don't know, we're constantly looking for ways to talk about our children and include them in our lives and keep their memory alive. And I think for me, a lot of that passion comes from me wanting to honor Mason and to bring him up in every way possible. So if I can do something in his name and to honor him, I will. And I know that's definitely something you can speak to as well. Yeah, definitely. So um, for those that don't know, um, I'm a foster mom. Um, We've only been fostering for a few months now, 
But um, when we lost Joshua, we knew that we needed to take care of children um, while Heavenly Father took care of our boy. Since we couldn't take care of him, we promised him that we would take care of his other children. And so um, for the last three years, we we have been delving into a lot. Um, We started an adoption journey and we have done a lot of other things to help children out. And now we are in the stage of fostering and taking care of other children um, that need us right now. And that's been quite an adventure. It's been pulling on my heartstrings a lot lately, but it's one way that I feel like I can give back and honor my little boy. Since I can't take care of him, I can take care of others. So that's one thing that we're doing right now. And it's heavy, but it's good. And I know that um, that's what we're supposed to be doing right now. That's amazing. Cause I just had this thought. There's so many people who I think just go through life with no purpose. And I feel like as a bereaved parent, if we didn't have a purpose, we wouldn't be able to survive. And I think a lot of bereaved parents just go above and beyond because like we have nothing else. I don't want to say nothing else to live for, but like we have something to live for. Like that is the only thing that we can do to honor our child is keep their memory alive. And so we get this kick in the pants to do something great. And I think there's so many awesome things that bereaved parents and mothers and siblings have done in honor of the people the children who have gone too soon it's awesome to hear not that everybody else that does great things isn't as cool but they're just no great parents like you get this drive to do something if you don't do anything with your grief then i don't know how it doesn't just fester and hurt all the time but if you find something to put that energy into that's positive you can change the world and i I really believe that. I think that's why we're doing what we're doing with sunflowers and red feathers. You know, we're finding that way to honor our children by talking about them, keeping their memory alive, but we're also trying to help other mothers understand that, you know, life is still good. It's still a beautiful life. Like I always say, and there is hope and joy to be found in everything that we do. Yeah. Um, Not to drag the topic back down, but I thought it would be interesting to kind of share with people um like the struggles of day-to-day and how we cope with getting through just a normal day um so let's see i'm gonna read this quote real fast because it kind of ties into that Uh, we are talented and inherently blessed as we balance life in two worlds embracing the pain of our past while carrying our children with us into this uncertain future bereaved mothers think of their children first thing in the morning and before their eyes close at night. <sighs> so true. Yep. True. So the struggles of a bereaved parent. Um, definitely the first one is finding the time to grieve for me. Yeah, who has time for that? <laughs> Especially when I have an almost three-year-old and a one-and-a-half-year-old. And, well, I'm not even going to complain because <laughs> you have so many kids. I've, I've got six <laughs> under the age of seven right now, and I'm homeschooling. It is nuts. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, we all have, but our, I feel it. But, yeah. I so feel just, it. It's in those quiet moments where yeah. it comes or I'm driving and the kids are asleep in the back seat and a song comes on. Um. I don't purposely plan time to grieve and maybe I need to, but that 
those are the times that it hits me the most yeah. or in my sleep. <laughs> That's when my body is like, okay, let's get that all out. <laughs> yeah. We've talked about that before in an, another episode. Um, I yeah. think our let's get real mental yeah. health one. I think we talk about nightmares. Right. So if you're struggling with that, you're not alone. Yeah. It says telling your children about their sibling in heaven and dealing with their grief. Um, for me, that is, that is a hard one. I, when we lost Joshua, I had two other boys. Um, Ian was only three and Philip was just a baby. I think he was 16 months old. Um, so Philip doesn't really have any memories of Joshua. Um, he can remember him giving him a piggyback ride. I don't know why he remembers that, but he remembers that I can remember mm-hmm. that day. Joshua was standing in front of the couch and Philip was hanging on his back and he was running all around. And for some reason that little boy remembers that. And I think it's beautiful. That's um, awesome. But Ian was three. I know. <laughs> Ian was three. Um, and he remembers some, he mostly remembers the day it happened. Um, and that's a hard one because he always goes back to that time. And so we always have to help him remember the good things, all the good times. Um, but now we have two other boys that came after Joshua. So we have like our, you know, BC and AD life before and after, you know, right? Exactly. (laughs) it's so crazy. Um, but with Caleb, so little backstory. I don't know if I've already talked about it or not, but we lost our cat last week. I accidentally ran over our cat and, uh, it was a little traumatic for our boys, but my almost three-year-old Caleb, he's two right now. Um, he's never really had that concept of death before. And so he is now always bringing up Joshua. This last week has been all about Joshua. Joshua's dead. Joshua said, I had my brother over tonight um, for dinner and my brother picked up Caleb and had him on his lap. And uh, he was like, guess what, Caleb? And Caleb goes, Josh died. And my brother was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Where'd that come from? That was random. And I, so I had to explain that's his way of figuring out death. Like he's never had that before. And so he's just putting that together and he's telling you now that he understands death. And my brother was like, okay, is he doing that with everyone? And I was like, yeah, he is doing that with everyone right now, but that's okay. He's figuring it out. And so having to talk, having to talk with our children about grief and letting that put, put that together has been, I don't know, it's been hard, but it's been healing at the same time. And to watch them learn and feel and be able to understand better has been a big deal, I think. Wow. Well, I definitely have not gotten anywhere near that with Noah. The most that we've ever done is like, oh, yeah, this is a picture of your brother Mason. And he says, brother Mason. And that's about it. So he doesn't have that's good any. Though. Yeah. But, man, I'm definitely going to have to Our ask you. We have. Yeah, we have a three-year-old foster child right now, and um, she will look at the picture of Joshua on the wall, and she'll be like, look, there's Josh, and I think it's the cutest thing. She has no idea who he is, but she recognizes that he's part of our family still, and I think that's really sweet at the same time. (laughs) She's integrating into our family, and she's realizing that he's the big brother still, and I love that. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, Kind of on a related note, um, 
I thought we kind of could bring up the fact that we both have had pregnancies after the loss of our child, because there's probably people that are listening that aren't um, dealing with just infant loss. Yeah. And um, like miscarriage and that kind of thing, not necessarily a child who um, was over a few years old. And so both Stephanie and I have had two children since our kids died. Uh, Joshua was five. And like you've heard her say, she had a three-year-old and a 16-month-old or something um, at the time. I didn't have any. Mason was my oldest. And then um, our two born after that, we've had, I was 10 weeks pregnant with Noah when I lost Mason. And then Stephanie, after Joshua died, very soon after got pregnant. It was two weeks with after she died. Yeah. yeah. So we understand how it feels to be pregnant and grieving. And since I was already pregnant, I can literally remember begging and crying out to God to just take the baby that was with inside of me and just give me Mason back as much as I, I hate saying that because uh, it's rough, but like, I would never give up Noah now, but at the time I was like, I couldn't understand, you know, why he would bless me with a baby and take one at the same time. Like how cruel is that? You know? So we've been there. Well, understand. I understand. Why are you giving me a brand new baby when I just want my baby back? You know? I already had one. It it didn't seem fair at all, (laughs) but I wouldn't trade it for the world. I've probably said this before, but Caleb's the one that came to heal my heart. Like there's no way that my heart will ever be put back together. But that little boy, man, he gives the best hugs. (laughs) Sorry, I'm going to cry, but he has been, he's been the one that like, I really feel God sent him our family for a reason at that time so that way we could heal and grow it and get better as a family he is definitely that (laughs) band-aid that we needed that's so sweet (sighs) oh you're not the only one girl um so uh, milestones and like family events birthdays those are all especially when you're having when you have a baby like what do you you take their one month two month three month four month all those pictures like the first year right and then you're planning their birthdays and everything has to be perfect. And when you have a child that's gone, those things that you used to look forward to and plan out become such an anxiety and so sad. <laughs> and having to do that on top of actually planning the birthday parties for your children that are still here, it's just like a punch to the gut every time. Like we're getting ready to plan Noah's third birthday. And all I can think about is the fifth birthday that Mason just missed. That's a hard one. (laughs) Um, Philip, my Philip is the same age as what Mason would be right now. And I was thinking about that the other day. Like I was looking at him. He's already older than Joshua was because Joshua was five. So I've now had two kids that have passed him up and then yeah. you know I look at my Philip and I think of you know Mason that's how Mason would how tall Mason would be or you know all the things that he's learning that now that Mason would be learning right now and yep all those little things <laughs> well I'll be soon right after or soon right there with you because Everett will be older than Mason was in March crazy that's hard all right well 
so now you guys know <laughs> you're not alone in this real life guys. <laughs> mm -hmm. it's crazy and it's hard but we're doing it <laughs> we're still being a mom we're still you know doing everything that we can for our little boys here um but we're still loving our boys in heaven so very hard and we're trying to be good moms for them and we are trying so hard to honor their memory and it it really is a hard job but we've got this and we can keep going because that's what we need to do that's the most important thing right now and if you guys need any tips on ways to honor your children we actually have an episode about that as well so i think it's called ways to honor your child so <laughs> feel free to listen to that and get some tips but stephanie and i have definitely learned along the way lots of things that we can do like wearing yellow and red to remember our boys so yeah hopefully you find this helpful in knowing that that we can relate if you have children here and obviously your child in heaven so yeah. any last words <laughs> No, thanks for joining us tonight, and we will be talking to you again soon. Okay. All right. Bye. bye.